This is the Catholic Movie Guy Podcast. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. And we are back on the Catholic Movie Guy Podcast, America's favorite podcast about Catholic movie men or men's. I'm back with a very special guest, the wonderful Dr. Rev. Oh, no! It's Tim! Hello, Tim. It's me, the Tim Man. Tim, the people have been clamoring and clambering for you to come back. What does clambering mean? Clambering is like climbing. You're like struggling to climb up a mountain. You clamber. So they've been clambering over the dead bodies. southern wall. No. They've been... I don't want any any current events. Okay. Okay. Or a Bo Bonner will have me. So oh, That's right. Yeah, they've been clambering over the dead bodies of my other co-hosts who don't, oh, don't appear anymore through circumstance and chance. But it's good to have you back. Seriously, the last time we did this, I think it was January of twenty Metropolitan. Although I released it in the summer because I kept it in the vault per your instructions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember much from that podcast, and it may not be fit for children. Let's put it that way. Or anyone. True. But the, the thing between that podcast and this one that we have in common is the burbs. That's true. Uh, that's true. Bourbon is the elixir of life, um, you know, temporarily speaking. But today is election day and we need bourbon for either yes. good or ill, whatever may come. Today is the midterm selection uh, <laughs> that uh, we're hoping the Republicans are better at voting fraud than the Democrats. <laughs> Catholic movie game podcast is a 5013C3 <laughs> No, actually it's not. Oh, before we get started... I wanted to say that uh, please, if you don't mind, if you have time, take time out of your busy day uh, to go ahead and like my podcast. Follow me on Twitter at CathMovieGuy, Catholic Movie Guy Podcast on Facebook. Go to CatholicMovieGuy.com, subscribe, get your feed signed up, whatever, on podcasts, Apple, iTunes, rate me, five stars only. If it's going to be four and a half, don't rate me. Wow. Don't rate me, bro. It's fairly demanding. It is, but it's it's the world we live in. So... Today I brought the Tim Man on to talk about a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful movie that we just watched called... Doubt. Doubt. Tim, you were somewhat, I think, hesitant about this movie. If I recall, back in 2008-ish when I saw it, which is when it came out, I said, whoa, Timmy, you got to see this movie. This is a real humdinger. And this is my recollection. You will correct my memory, which I'm often erroneous... You said something to the effect of, why would you watch such a Catholic bashing movie with that heartless harpy Meryl Streep? That's my recollection. What what is your recollection? Uh, I don't remember saying those exact words, but it certainly seems like a sentiment I would have had. I was just emerging from the Matrix at that time. It's in the ballpark, definitely. And back in 2008, first of all, Doubt is not a a plot-heavy movie. It's about a priest in the early 60s. Uh, I think it was 65 or 64. Mid-60s, like right around the time of the... Kennedy had died. Right. Uh, And right around the... By the way, CIA, in case you're wondering. I don't believe the cast... He worked for the CIA or they did? No, that's a CIA hit for sure. Okay. Okay. Okay, so that that's good. We solved that one. All right, we're not yeah. even we're not even five minutes in. We solved the Kennedy assassination. There you go. Thank thankfully. Thank Tim you very here. much. This is not a new thing. Um, right? Yeah, but we'll cover JFK by Oliver Stone later. For right now, let's stick with this, which is this is around the time of the hybrid mass. It's right in the thick of Vatican II, right? So the spirit of Vatican II is wafting through the church. We have a conservative order of nuns headed by Meryl Streep and a young novice, or just recently, I guess 
perpetually vowed what Amy I would Adams. Say, what I would say, I mean, I would just, right there, I think this is the, the crux of the matter, is that you wouldn't call it a conservative order of nuns. It was a Catholic order of nuns. It was an order, order of, of nuns. nuns, right, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. There was, they didn't realize that there was anything left to conserve, or they were just, it was just dawning on them. But before we get into the, the thicket, I just want to wrap it up that this priest is suspected by the nuns of doing some business with a uh, 12-year-old boy. Right, he's twelve, thirteen. However, however young he is, um, and the movie is about the relationship between the doubts that perhaps uh, they're having about whether the priest did it or not, and what the turmoil in the church. Yeah, the priest has doubts. The faithful have doubts. The nun who saw something but not sure what she saw has doubts. The head of the order has doubts, and doubts are large and small about things temporal and, and eternal, and it really. Um, it's a, just an outstanding movie. But when we when we start about the you know uh, the the overview of it, it's really not about that. It's really about the the characters' interactions with each other and with the church. It's a very thoughtful movie. But I must admit, and I'm sure this is what prompted your uh, trenchant commentary about the liberalism behind the movie. In 2008, we were uh, as you would say in the salad days. We had great you know for our, for our area of the country a great bishop, and we had what we thought at the time and hopefully was a great pope or at least someone who uh was not throwing traditionalists under the bus actively he still may prove to be a great pope did you see that uh i think it was hillary white today referred to him as the abdicator like the great abdicator that would be a heck of an appellation to stick to assume assuming that he did abdicate yes it's a (laughs) it's a complete uh debacle so i'm not going to get into that business but certainly the the church in 2018 looks vastly different than the church in 2008 even yeah and while i never ascribed the same motives that cardinal mara diaga that wonderful man um did when i would in 2002 when the whole so-called abuse scandal broke i was totally catholic and you know the church has many enemies and i'm thinking okay this is the media this is people looking for money this is people trying to push an agenda for, you know, gay marriage or gender, you know, or, or the ordination of women or married priests. There's somebody with an agenda pushing these false charges because why would why would this be a widespread practice? So my initial reaction was to sort of go into turtle mode and, and shell up. And, don't say and turtle to, mode. Is that bad? Yeah, no. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> to defend the church. But... As you see it play out, yeah, there were enemies attacking the church, but they were members and are members of our hierarchy. And it really isn't the priest abuse scandal. It's the hierarchy protection and promotion scandal. So looking at it in 2008, I was in between these views. And now, knowing what's going on in the church, the, the movie today is so timely. Right, and I, and I agree with you. And my evolution is similar. But it's just, especially in light of the Vigano letter. I mean, it, it's like a different landscape now, even from post Benedict to Francis with that letter. It's, it's confirmation from a reputable source within that, you know, not only was this happening from here to here, all people misunderstand. And it certainly comports with that, what we that, see with our was, very eyes. Right. But that, that not only was the hierarchy negligent, which we knew that they were complicit. Yeah. Okay. All that being said, this movie's not going to solve any of the problems in the church, we all know that there's only one way that's going to be solved. Mary. That's right. But. And that's right. Boy, it's an but acting it, it, tour de force is what it is. Yes. So we have Meryl Streep, who I commented to our little movie club and to you, is, you know, I think most people would probably even agree that she's one of the 
if not the greatest actress of all time, but no one really likes her, you know, and I don't know if it's just for her politics, which are recent, but even before that, she kind of gives off this cold... Mannish, haggish. School marmish. Yeah, but yeah. I'm telling you what. Mannish? That, I don't know about Mannish. Well, there's just a weird... Know, she's she's a square-jawed she kind of... A, she's got a strong visage for certain, but... She doesn't score on the hotometer. Right, and we're going to go ahead and retire the hotometer. No! Okay, fine, fine, fine. Well, we're going to put a moratorium on the hotometer? No, I believe I, the hotometer will appear when I discuss Amy Adams' performance. Right, let's just get out of the way. Okay, go ahead. Amy Adams, I have to mute this because she's dressed as a nun. And she carries this role with all of the purity, innocence, and sweetness. She has a very a winsome, young, novice quality about her. So this is a modified hot scale okay. because as a nun it has to be zero. And I hereby give it a zero. Right, and if you're watching this on, on Mevo, you can see the charts and how they interact, the modified versus the regular Tim That's right. But if, if we scale away, and she's not a nun, but just Amy Adams in this movie, she's super hot. Smoking hot, 10 out of 10. Okay, so Thank she's a very attractive lady, but yes, they plus Philip Seymour Hoffman, who I would say, maybe of the three, well, I don't know, he, he, he's great. He, I think he might be my favorite actor of the last 50 years. Boy, that's, he really, that's a strong statement. He really plays that priest who just takes delight in destroying the faith of his see, congregation in the, in the quest to be popular. I'm going to disagree. Makes me ill. I'm going to disagree with you on this. And, and to, to be fair to you, you, him, you would call me this in your lesser moments, like maybe earlier today at lunch. I'm sort of a namby-pamby liberal traditionalist. Is that is that a fair statement? I wouldn't call you a liberal traditionalist because there's no such thing. No, right. You're exactly. certainly but for a traditionalist, I'm too sure. namby-pamby for you. Oh, absolutely. And I would say that um, in this movie, he he portrays someone who is not sympathetic, okay, but who is understandable. I, I'm talking about my opinion. I'm the Cali movie guy, so I'm going to get it out. Tim's shaking his head at me. That's, that's you know, we call that Tuesday. Uh, but I think he does a great job of showing what, they thought they were getting with Vatican II what they wanted and what they ultimately obviously failed at and destroyed the church with, which is a just enough sympathetic, compassionate, conservative, as G.W. Bush would say. That that sort of thing. I think he nailed that. The, the only quibble I have with you is not that... I mean, I didn't find him sympathetic at all. But, right, I did a little bit. But I believe that he was written, that character for the, for the sui generis audience is designed to be sympathetic. That's exactly the kind of priest that all these milk toast, you know, semi-religious people would love to have in their parish. Handsome, intelligent, jokes around, loves it. But in reality, it's poison. You add a little drop of poison to the faith and the faith is poisoned. It He's horrible. So again, He's exactly the kind of priest that was effectively instilling doubt in his congregation. But, you know, in my opinion, and again, my perspective is totally different from 2008. In 2008, I thought the movie was about, it was about her, you know, them wrestling with doubt in the church, of course. I'm not an idiot. I saw that. But I thought it was also about doubting whether he did it or not, whether he had abused this child in some way. I think it is, a, it, it it is, is about, about that. that. Okay. but it, And I thought there was it was kind of an open question. But in watching it this time, I thought it was no doubt, haha, see what I did there, uh, <laughs> that he did it, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he did, did something. He did it, for and sure. The, and the doubt was about whether what he did was actually, Bad. if not okay, but truly right. evil or understandable, versus her doubts about whether what she was doing was understandable or truly evil. Yeah. The, the performance is all around. There, there are four 
characters in this movie. There's the priest, the two nuns, and the kid's mom. What kind of mother are you is the money line of this whole movie for me. Absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, that you know, she was, uh, what's, her, what's her name? Viola Davis was nominated for an uh, Academy Award, and I think she might have won it for that little scene. She's only in the movie five minutes, but that scene with her and Meryl Streep is kind of the crux of the film. It's, the, it's everything that we see in the Who Am I to Judge versus the so-called mean traditionalist. But what, what it comes down to is it's the tension between your, your faith requires a certain, a certain uh, action, a certain set of actions, right? Despite whatever dispositions you may feel inside and whatever caused them. And if you're going to be within that faith, shouldn't you abide by those dispositions? Right, and this whole—I mean—by by, by those rules, we see it now with the uh, current—I um, don't know—the junta that controls the church with Bergoglio. That you have this false dichotomy between compassion or really understanding where people are, and this rigid, archaeological, cold faith. And, and you and I both know that that—that's completely false. So this. Notion of Meryl Streep. I saw her. By the way, we left Meryl Streep in the middle. She was so brilliant in this movie. I am now a Meryl Streep fan, <laughs> although I despise her politics. Obviously, you'd never seen uh, Death Becomes Her. No, I have not. <laughs> I have not. I tried. I actually, I've spent my life trying to avoid Meryl Streep movies. But I, I acknowledge her ability as an actress. But... Um, where am I going with this? I'm, I'm, I'm off track. She is a pit bull for what is right. <laughs> and and see, I think that in that scene, what the movie does, because, you know, I'm sh- I, I'm not going to guess what the movie makers or, or whatever, ha- what they really want out of the church or whatever. What it does is it presents both sides fair to a fault. And what Meryl Streep represents in that scene is she is sympathetic to her, to the mother, and she is sympathetic to the child and her, her, and is basically what difference does that make? She's trying to rid the church of the predator, and she ex- she experiences unexpected support and opposition from people in this movie. But I think what she's saying is, I I sympathize with your fault. That doesn't that doesn't excuse the priest's actions. And the mother is saying, I sympathize with the faults of both. That excuses the priest's actions. <laughs> It's, it's exactly where we are right now, which is unbridled compassion versus uh, a sort of compassion that still has, you know, you have to obey the, 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 the outward rules of the church. Compassion without the truth is not compassion. Right. Well, they would say that, you know, compa- the truth without compassion is not the truth. And, and that's getting it exactly backwards. But that's, the, that's where we are. And this movie handles it with a plum. This woman, Meryl Streep, sacrificed everything for what was right, and for what was compassionate. She lost her own certitude of the faith. She lost her standing. She lost her reputation. She lost everything vis-a-vis the the, the world in which she lived, the hierarchy of the church. She was willing to lay it all on the line for what was right, for the sake of that little boy, and for the sake of others like him. And there's there's a line, which I'll paraphrase, but that she repeats a couple times, and I think it's the theme of the movie uh, in a certain sense. That in doing the Lord, you have to do the Lord's service, but in so doing, you you take a step away from Him, and you can interpret in finding that, fault or accusing or something like just, that. What in was it? Just, in in uh, I forget what the actual line is. 
Well, you know, a quick Google search did not turn up the exact quote. But the, na- the, the essence of it is, in doing God's service in this manner, you have to take a step away from him. You could interpret that in a very heterodox manner, and maybe that's what was intended. But I think it applies in a lot of situations and in the church today, which is because of the nature of the church and the nature of God, there are different roles for everybody, right? And to the contemplative... That's right, the, and that's right. And the innocent, the Amy Adams character, it truly is. It hurts holiness to even raise these questions. Yeah. But without the Meryl Streeps of the world, the Archbishop Viganos of the world, you're not going to have a church at all. Someone has to get dirty. Someone has to, not in the sense of sin, but someone has to tend to the sheep rather than just grazing in the pasture. And that's what Meryl Streep does in this movie. I'm trying, Ringo. I'm trying Trying real hard to be the shepherd. Wonderful Pulp Fiction. Thank you. Thank you very much. Very different movie. Also good. Yes. (laughs) USCCB would say it's morally offensive, but I enjoy it. And that's a badge of honor. Hmm. But that gets to the point, uh, another point that's incredibly timely, which is this priest, this uh, walking avatar of Vatican II, I think we could say. Right? Except he's a little more manly appearing than some of them. Of Vatican II in the 60s. Is all about opening the windows, as uh, John Twenty-Third would say, and letting the church interact with the world, of course. Surrendering to the world. Except that, of course, when he's challenged on his personal behavior, then he becomes the biggest clericalist of all, and he says to Meryl Streep, how dare you question, how dare you go outside of the strictures of the church. You should leave this alone, right. Right, so it's a shield and Uh, it's a hammer, but it it does nothing else. He acts somewhat Argentinian in his manner. (laughs) Um, Gallows left. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, horrible. We all know it. Yeah, we all know it's horrible. It's terrible right now, but yeah. I mean, they're they're all about throwing open the doors until someone's coming in to ask them a question, in which case the door's shut in your face. And the thing is, the way we, we're talking right now, this is the way you would have expected some heterodox loser to talk in the 70s, but we're talking this way out of love for the church because people have hijacked it. Right. And, and again... And again, this comes back to one of my biggest uh, pet peeves and one of the reasons I started this, which is that art has an objective meaning. It's capable of ascertaining meaning objectively. Because in this sense, you know, we would assume that the Hollywood machine would not have intended the movie to play this way to Catholics in 2018, and yet it does, because it contains truth, whatever the intent was. And this truth is a, is a comfort to me right now, personally, going through it in 2018 to see that the last six, you know, almost 60 years have been really the same tropes over and over again. Boy, it's really bad. It, it, it's really bad, but we're not the first and we probably won't be the last and there is hope. The other side of doubt is faith, right? And, and faith in something and that's hope. And Meryl Streep's character at the very end of the movie, spoiler alert, I'll give him away the plot, she expresses, she finally, this, this um, steel facade breaks down and has a moment of of doubt and she says you know sister i have doubt right yeah i did not take that as a doubt of the priest at all right she has doubts about i don't think it's about the doubt of the priest but how she she got the rid of the priest right you said spoiler alert yeah she got rid of the priest shuffled him along but he was by the hierarchy the vatican in boston shuffled the vatican to shuffle and 
then she was like, what was it all worth? And now she's like, what kind of, I mean, I think she's asking the bigger question, what kind of church would allow this way? I mean, is this real? But before that even happened, she, I think the big moral play here is she told a lie to force the priest to basically confess what he did. And it worked. And so by doing that, she turned away from the truth. She turned away from God to get the truth. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't justified. I mean, Aquinas would tell us she was not justified to do that. I mean, I think, I, I agree, you know, we could get into the whole, she could have done that in a way that was a mental reservation. It could have been and like Catholic morality a, could she have, called a, she could a have, non, you know. in a casuistic way, complied. But the point of the movie is that she did something wrong to get a right end, which in and of itself violates her code. Yes. Not allowed. Right. But people, you know, people are put in these situations because the hierarchy itself has done a very similar thing. Wise as serpents, gentle as doves. Right. So so treading that line, that's the duty of every Catholic in 2018. It becomes a thinner and thinner line to, to toe every day. But I wanted to say another thing about this. We've all had doubt. And the reason we have, to one extent or another... You can have a very uh, modernistic take on doubt. And so, of course, it's natural to doubt. There's nothing certain, blah, blah, blah. That's not what I'm talking about. That's fake doubt. But <laughs> It's fake doubt. It's fake doubt. But, re- but really, faith presupposes at least some portion of doubt. Because if you had certitude, if you had certitude there is no faith. An absence of 100% certainty that right. we all you share. You can't have faith if you have certitude. Correct. And what the priest says at certain times in the movie is doubt can be a, a powerful force as binding law. Again, I don't know what the uh, doubt is as powerful as faith in a certain sense. The way he means what it, he I means, totally disagree. And what he means, we disagree. What the filmmakers mean, we probably disagree. We don't know. We reserve doubt. But what it actually means is true, which is that if we're going through a period of quote-unquote lack of certainty or a period of trying times, a period of great testing in the church... That in and of itself is 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 a binding force, and that's where we are yes. right now. We are the revenant. We yes. are the remnant. Revenant. We are the little, tiny portion of people. Will there be any faith on earth? We I are that. that line. I love that line. That's what we are, and so of course, I, personally, I can I can readily admit that I have broken down. Can I have I, cried. I have had doubt. Can I summarize to you? Yeah. What I think from nineteen sixty eight nine. Until 2010 was one line of this movie at this beautiful moment. Amy Adams, right? Innocence itself. She saw what she saw, and and God bless her. She had the uh, strength to do what was right. This little innocent nun accuses, right? That is fantastic. That is out of the mouths of babe. And so, she, but she would rather, of course, that this guy's not a monster. And so he comes up with this explanation, which has facial plausibility. Her immediate reaction is, oh, thank God. Right. It's all explained. And right. she, she's off the hook. Right. That is the entire 50-year period following Vatican II. Yep. We were all looking for an innocent explanation of this BS right. that was shoved down our throats, this satanic crap. And, and that's a great point, and one which I hadn't really thought about. Thank you. But... That brings up, it's exactly right. Just because you're holy, just because you believe, doesn't excuse you from denying reason. And the instincts, the, some would say Salesian instincts, of wanting to think the best of everyone, 
there is a flip side of that, which is you can't do that to the extent that you actually deny the truth because he's the way, the truth, and the life. And that's the line we have to thread. That's the difficulty we're in right now. Work out the truth and charity. You need yeah. truth and charity. It's kind of It kind of gets to the capital punishment discussion too, which I'm not going to bring up because that'll be hours and hours. But if you, at a certain point, an excess of mercy becomes a denial Compassion of justice. Compassion leads to the, ja- to the gas chamber. God is, God is one. He is mercy and justice. He's truth and charity. And when you, when, you, when you err on one side or the other, you're going to have problems. we got problems right now, bud. One other thing I want to point out. These are real bad. It's real bad. We wa- watched this film with a wonderful holy priest or two, and one of them made a very trenchant commentary that only a priest would, which is this movie, it shows a couple scenes of the Mass, but it doesn't show, really, either the priest or the nuns at any point in any sort of sort uh, contemplative prayer or prayer on what should I do. And that right there is the answer, okay? The answer to our problems right now, as maybe not satisfying temporally as it may be, is to pray first and foremost about the church for the church and about our own faith to keep it despite the troubling times. I also wanted to say as we wrap this podcast up that... Uh, I liked the movie even more the second time I watched it. I thought it was great. The main leads were great. They were very fair. And regardless of the intent of the filmmakers, so much truth despite any flaws. This movie, for me, is a solid... Tim, what would you rate it? (laughs) (laughs) What the hell was that? Okay. All right. Here's the deal. Okay. All right. Here's the deal. I'll give it to you. You're waiting to hear my opinion. I want to say that because I viewed this movie as a Catholic, thank God I'm a Catholic, okay, despite everything, this movie was a 10 out of 10. This movie is one of the best movies I have ever seen. I know that's really, you're going to like, it's going to blow your mind. The movie is fantastic. You must watch it. And if you don't, move. (laughs) So go ahead and give it 10 the Timman. Pinch! Alright. Tim. Great movie. Great movie. One of the best movies I've ever seen. Tim, you kind of stole my thunder. I thought I was going to be out on the limb giving it 10. You going over the top? But this was, without a doubt, a 10 out of 10 certified you gold star listener, Wonderful. Or listeners. This movie is a, a must watch. Of course. Must. I just want to say, I just want to say, and forgive me, because I, I might use some vulgarity here. That's it, man. I looked up the 2008 Academy Award winner just to see why it oh, didn't win. Oh, good Lord, who was it? Slumdog Millionaire. That is what's wrong with America. It is, it is everything right that's wrong with the world. It's a Slumdog Millionaire. I saw it. It was fine. Okay, that's like an 8 out of 10. This is It's a travesty. Okay? Doubt is one of the best movies I have ever seen. This is a travesty on par, Academy Award-wise, with the man. replacing of the traditional mass. I mean, it's that bad. This is a, it's a highway robbery. Tim, I think we yeah. solved a lot of the world's problems today. I think we solved the problems in the church, and I think everyone needs to see doubt with a Catholic mind. It's wonderful. Yes. It's just a wonderful yes, film it's of wonder. Wonderful. It's wonderful. wonderful There's a wonder bad Nancy. acting performance in it. I wanted to say I admired your restraint in not the second time you brought brought Amy Adams up discussing her attractiveness. She's way hot. She's quite fetching. But Tim, I wonder what did my wife think of the movie? 
Brilliant. Hi, honey. Hi, dear. Uh, what you doing? Calling up the thing that's uh, on our way to church. That's really Hi, great. Sarah, it's me, the I'm Tim with, man. I'm with Tim. Hey, Timmy. Hey, hey. what's up? Um, you remember that movie Doubt? I, I, I think I do. I don't doubt I did see it. Okay. Uh, leave the, hey, leave the humor leave to the... Leave the comedy to the right. professionals. This is serious business. Did you like it? At the time, yes, I did. It was, it was like, what, 10 years ago? I don't know when you saw it, sir. I don't know the dates. In the words of Maddie, whatever. Uh, yes, I don't know, Tim. But it was... I remember thinking it was very good. It did make me very uncomfortable. Wonderful. But I thought that it was... Uh, it was it was very good, though, yes. Well, and in light of everything, I would really like to watch it again. Well, I think you should. And what you've said today was just wonderful. It was wonderful <laughs> what you said. Goodbye! There you have it. The Catholic Movie Gal agrees with me. That's him, Tim, it was wonderful having you back. It was like seeing an old you. friend after many years. I feel like Bilbo seeing Gandalf knock on the door. Saying, what's up with that ring, yo? Isn't that basically the gist of it? Thank you for joining me on the Catholic Movie Guy Podcast. We'll be back next week with the Reverend Wright, Reverend Dr. Bobana, or Tim, or no one. Goodbye!